RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. I want to thank you all for being here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And I hope you're ready to get your day's fill of Red Pill News. I had a good weekend, traveled on Friday, got home pretty late on Saturday, so we didn't have a show on Saturday. I'll tell you all about the film premiere of Into the Light. Had a great time. Met some people I've never met before, made some good connections. People that you're probably going to see here on the channel in the coming weeks. If you wouldn't mind, please consider hitting that like button. Hit the red pill. Help me out by sharing the show. Sincerely appreciate it. Liking and sharing is the quickest, easiest, fastest, and cheapest way you can directly support the program. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. The U.S. dollar has lost 85% of its value since the 1970s. That's when the dollar was decoupled from gold. And right now it seems like the government is hell-bent on continuing that tradition. From now until the next election, you can bet the government is going to print as much money as they want. And the last time they did that, inflation went up by 9%. You see, gold is the one asset that has been proven to withstand inflation. And you can invest in gold with Noble Gold Investments. And when you do, you're also going to get this 24-karat, quarter-ounce gold standard coin for free. So visit Noble Gold Investments at my special website, redpill78gold.com. Once again, that's Noble Gold Investments at redpill78gold.com or simply dial 877-646-5347. And they're going to answer the phone any time of the day. Noble Gold is the only gold company I trust, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. And I was muted. I know I was muted, and now I'm unmuted. Uh, I said thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Uh, there was a couple of bits of uh, interesting news that broke over the weekend, and we're going to be talking about those. But we do have some major updates for you on the uh 
classified documents case that President Trump is facing down in Florida. Judge Eileen Cannon, who spray and pray, seems to have a bit of a crush on, which I can understand. She is a uh, a very attractive woman, but uh, she doesn't obviously hold a candle to the love of my life. Real Red Pill 78 girlfriend, nay, fiance. She's in the chat right now. Please say hello to her. And I'm getting a call from Minneapolis. I'm not going to answer that because who knows? It might be some Antifa rioters uh, trying to get a hold of me. Uh, There have been a whole lot of crazy things coming out recently about the Obamas. We're also going to be talking about that recent revelation from Barack Obama's personal biographer. You're not going to believe this, or maybe you will. But first of all, I want to begin with a follow-up to a story that I brought you last week. A story of a couple of 7-Eleven workers fighting back against the complete lawlessness of California, and I believe Stockton is where they're from. Let's take a look at this. You might remember last week in Stockton, California, there was a man who claimed to be armed. He entered into a 7-Eleven. He bullied his way behind the counter, and then he took a big trash can, and he just started filling it up with cigarettes. And and as he was doing so, he was violently uh, berating these guys working there, claiming that he was going to shoot them. Uh, And there was a young man that was also filming the interaction. He seemed to be having a good time. He asked for a a pack of Swishers, and the guy never gave it to him. But that's okay, because at the end, the people who worked at the 7-Eleven were able to overpower this uh, young street thug. Actually, he doesn't look too young. He looks a little bit haggard and probably addicted to a number of uh, substances as well. But what's really shocking about it, is that once they were able to overcome him and uh, essentially beat the tar out of this guy, this is quite honestly what's missing from our society now. People learn uh, by, you know, getting the idea that they shouldn't be doing something. Uh, If the law is not going to follow up and prosecute this guy, if the prosecutor of Stockton isn't going to do something about it, uh, if they're not going to tell the criminals of these cities that by committing crimes, they face severe ramifications down the line, then those people are going to show up into these retail establishments and they're going to take whatever it is they like. But when you have the people running these establishments and probably even these guys are the owners of this establishment, when you have them doling out a can of whoop-ass onto some uh, criminal in this way, it lets this guy know not to come back to that 7-Eleven. And he's probably going to tell all of his friends, hey, those Sikhs working at that 7-Eleven are some bad-ass dudes. They will beat the shit out of you if you go in there and try to steal from them. The really tragic thing is that the Stockton Police Department are now opening an investigation into these 7-Eleven employees who did what I think anybody else with a set of balls would have done. They stood up to a bully, and unfortunately for this bully, he effed around and found out. Now, I sincerely hope that the police and the prosecutor in Stockton understand that this was merely Two individuals standing up for their own safety, standing up for the future of their business. Because if they allowed some common street criminal to walk into their store anytime, fill up a trash can full of cigarettes and blunts and cartons and whatever else it is this guy felt like he wanted to steal, he's going to leave. He's going to tell all the other homeless criminals, hey, guess what? 
Those Sikhs back there at the 7-Eleven are easy targets. Just walk right in there, walk behind the counter, fill everything up. Next thing you know, you're going to walk out, you're going to be selling these babies on the street for five bucks a pack, and you're going to make all kinds of money to buy all the crack that you could ever possibly want, or the, the Fetty, or whatever it is that those kids are smoking nowadays. So these two California 7-Eleven employees quite literally beat the tar out of this really, really despicable character. And in the video filmed by one of the customers, the guy who asked for that pack of Swishers, he is seen, uh, he, these two guys are seen to be quelling the anger <laughs> and the dreams of this criminal. They beat him down to the ground and they get him to stop robbing them. Uh, but of course, you know, this is the 2023 and, uh, and modern police and modern law enforcement want to make us pay for making the criminals pay. But if the cops aren't going to do it, then who else is going to do it? There's actually a, a part three to this video that we didn't see the other day. It's the aftermath. And, and I, I think I'd like to play it for you because these guys are very, very fair to this gentleman uh, as he lays on the ground right after they beat him with this mop handle. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. He deserves it. That's called whooping your ass. That's called whooping your ass. Whooping his ass. Whoop him. Get him. Get him. You done? Are you done? Are you done? Now go. 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 Hey, let him go. Just let him go. Just let him go. That's enough. Hey, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. He's gonna get hit again. Okay. Hey, okay. No, no more. No more. No more. Please. It's okay. Let him go. Just let him go. Hey, you go. Go. You wanna go? Oh my gosh. Let's go. Let's go. You want police to get him? You want to call police to get him? Police to get him? Okay. You want police to get him? Okay. They're coming? You hold them till the police come then. Please. Uh, who did her you call police? You call police? And I just want to say, like, these guys, okay, they're heroes as far as I'm concerned. They probably should have called the police, but... I bet you in that moment they were thinking, you know what, Jesus, oh, Pete's, this is 2023. What if the police show up here and they want to charge me with assault? Because that's just the way the, the cookie crumbles in today's mixed up crazy mirror world. Okay, now in part three, <laughs> this man is incredulous. He asks for a soda on the way out. Look at <laughs> If you don't call police, let him go. You want to let him go? He doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have a gun. He's lying. He's lying. He doesn't have a gun. You don't have a gun. You have a gun? Do you have a gun? He's lying. Let's let him go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's get him. Okay. Come on. Okay. No, no. It's okay. Okay. No more. You know no more. No more come here, right? No more come and do that, right? Brother, please. I'm your brother. Right? No more do this, okay? Let's go. Let's go. 
Let's go. No, no, let him go. No, no, please. Please, no, no. He had problems He owe you a lot of money? He owe you a lot of money? Do he owe you a lot of money? He owe you a lot of money? Let him go. Please let him go. Come on. I can't walk. No, you can. Let's go. You better walk tonight. You better walk tonight. You better walk tonight. Let's go. Let's go. Don't come back here no more. Okay? Don't do that, okay? They shoot you. Can I get a soda? Please. What kind of shit you telling me? And you do this shit. You want a soda? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, you can't have a soda. Hold on. Hey, hey. Just be cool, man. Go on. Go on with you. And look at that. His homies are out there waiting for him. Those boys were waiting outside for him to wheel that giant container of cigarettes and blunt sticks out. And they were going to grab their fill. They were going to go and sell those at the, you know, I don't know, the, the local open air drug market or wherever it is that they hang out. But anyways, the police are now coming after these guys. It takes an absurd turn to believe that the police would want to prosecute two men who saved their business. You know, one of the things that was said in the first video was like the uh, the idea of uh, them having insurance. So, OK, so they've got business insurance. Everybody has to have business insurance, especially if you're working in a retail setting like that. But what nobody ever discusses is that the people who have business insurance and then are forced to make a claim because of a theft in this manner, their insurance is going to go up. It's just like what they did in my freaking house, what they've done to many of your homes as well. They know you don't have a choice, okay? And they don't want to be the ones who pay out, so they're going to make you be the one who pays out. They'll simply increase the cost of your insurance long enough so that you'll have paid off whatever it is they paid out to you to replace the merchandise that was stolen. So this is not a victimless crime. And I think that we need to see more of this all across America. Americans standing up to protect themselves. If you've got somebody who comes after you and threatens violence against you, if it takes violence to get them to stop, then I think you need to invoke violence in that in in that particular instance. I don't think anybody should be leading with violence, but let's be honest, we live in a violent world and these people are crazy. They think we're soft. Well, I'm going to tell them right now, we're not soft and if you come at me, you're going to find out. Now, Stockton police have told KCRA that they have uh, been looking into the two gentlemen behind the scenes here at the 7-Eleven. There have apparently been two other similar robbery incidents involving the same location. So this was merely the culmination, the, the, the final summation of everything these guys had had to deal with. They've had two robberies already. They're like, you know what? Not again, because maybe they can't afford to pay higher levels of insurance. On July 28th and 29th, the the same suspect had threatened these store employees and stolen goods. And then once again, he shows up using this large trash container to carry his loot. So finally, finally, they said, you know what? I've had enough. I am not going to put up with this any longer. And they just decided to beat the dude's ass. Now, according to police, they were unaware of the original attempted robbery and assault. But now the police have been called in to assist this man who was receiving, who was requesting medical aid due to leg pain and shoulder pain around 3.45 a.m. I don't know what time it was when he got kicked out of the uh, the 7-Eleven, but if we go by the name 7-to-11, then let's 
let's say they closed at 11 o'clock. That means the dude waited four, you know, four and a half hours before finally going to seek medical treatment. You better believe he went and got high or drunk in that meantime, went and picked himself up a little fifth of Cavassier or something like that, a little blunt stick. Now, with the assistance of the witness video from the July 29th robbery, the police have found all of these suspects. And upon the conclusion of their investigation, the findings are going to be forwarded to the San Joaquin County District Attorney. Uh, and uh, I sincerely hope once again that the San Joaquin District Attorney and the Stockton Police understand what really is happening here. These are people standing up for their business. Our businesses, our livelihoods are are hanging in the balance right now. And it all goes back to this guy right here, Barack Hussein Obama, who really began to usher in the changes that we are now feeling here in America. Now, it came out over the weekend that a biographer of Barack Obama uh, was willing to talk about several really, uh, I guess, uh, special Phrases and words that came out of the mouth of Barack Obama. Basically, the claim is that the ex-president said in an interview that uh, he was frequently fantasizing about gay sex to a former girlfriend. So who is this? Well, some media outlet is raising eyebrows across the country. They are uh, putting out a 16,000-plus word interview that they conducted with the former biographer of Barack Obama. He is award-winning. He's not some crackpot or anything like that. Uh, and the Fox News interview describes several hair-raising claims, including one that questions Barack Obama's sexuality. Now, for anybody who's been paying attention, uh, Barack Obama— uh, as uh, told by Joan Rivers many years ago, is our was our first gay president. Michelle Obama is a transsexual. Now, Fox News is reporting that tablets David Samuels sat down for this Q&A with David Garrow. David Garrow is the biographer in question. He wrote the story Rising Star, The Making of Barack Obama. And this book was widely praised by corporate media outlets like Washington Post, New York Times, Bloomberg, and Politico. So, this guy, Garrow, has been in the good graces of the mainstream media for some time. He also won the Pulitzer Prize in 1987 for a book entitled Bearing the Cross, Martin Luther King Jr. and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. <clears throat> now, uh, Freight Awakening says, poor Obama marries a dude, gives reach arounds and tosses a few salads at the local YMCA. And all of a sudden he's gay. What's this world coming to? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. So where do these claims come from? Well, in the interview, Garrow shares a story about how Obama's relationship with a woman by the name of Sheila Miyashi Jagger, Jagger Jagger. <clears throat> Anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. She was his girlfriend during the 1980s. When that relationship ended, Garrow uh, claims that their relationship fell apart because Obama failed to condemn anti-Semitism. Isn't that funny coming from a, uh, a, <clears throat> a Democrat they, that like to uh, claim that everybody else is a Nazi or a fascist? Now, uh, Samuels writes about this interview. The former president's version of the breakup was very different uh, in his infamous memoir, Dreams of My Father. In that book, Obama wrote that the relationship ended because he wanted to embrace his black racial consciousness, with conf which conflicted with his Caucasian girlfriend. He wanted to be blacker, apparently. <clears throat> now, 
Which version is correct? We don't really know. Uh, There is a bridge between these two accounts of Obama's emerging attachment to blackness, which required him to fall in love with and marry a black woman. Again, in Obama's account, he needed to uh, find closer attachments to his blackness. It sounds truthful, could be very possible. But in Yeager's account, his claims are instrumental and selfish. He grants particularism to the experience and suffering of his own tribe while denying it to others. So the claim that got the most buzz out of this interview is when Garrow discusses Obama's girlfriend at Occidental College. Her name was Alex McNair. He revealed that when McNair showed him letters from Barack Obama, she redacted one paragraph because it had statements about Barack Obama's burgeoning homosexuality. Now, there was a man named Harvey Clare who was assigned to curate these letters. They are now located at Emory University, and they won't let anybody take a picture of them, probably because it actually talks about Barack Obama fantasizing about having sex with dudes. So the question, of course, is who the hell is Barack Obama? Is he gay? Is he bisexual? I mean, who is Michelle Obama, Mike Obama, big Mike Obama? I think a lot of us have uh, a lot of speculation about this. And of course, you know, we, there are no shortage of meme videos out there on the Internet, which shows Michelle and dangling around on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So these letters sit in the archives at Emory. And in order to get the content of these letters, because they won't let people take a picture or take a scan or, or photocopy or something, Uh, Someone went in there with a pencil and paper, and they copied down the entire length of the letter, uh, and it does, in fact, detail phrases where uh, Barack Obama discusses repeatedly fantasizing about making love to men, uh, which is gay. (laughs) So there's even more. Garrow said that Obama had completely fabricated uh, the entirety of Dreams of My Father. Uh, so this book, Dreams of My Father, uh, has long been lauded as this, like, you know, wonderful coming of age story. And it really, like, put Obama on the map. Uh, but the whole thing is a fantasy, probably because Barack Obama is a CIA creation. Nothing in that book is true. Uh, the uh, people who know Barack Obama said it's so inaccurate, whether about the dynamics among the guys in Hawaii or what's going on in the community group on the far south side of Chicago, it completely omits women. I've always thought that there'd eventually be a feminist critique of Obama because his mother and all the girlfriends, they're not there. They don't exist. He wants people to believe his story. You guys, hold on just a second. My daughter's calling. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Okay. Um, for me to conclude that Dreams of My Father was historical fiction, oh, God, did that infuriate him. He doesn't want it challenged. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. The book is so fictionalized. Would that surprise anybody that Barack Obama had made up wide swaths of his life, large portions of his life? I mean, it, you can imagine him acting before he became president uh, in order to get to that position uh, and then gain some power here in America. Uh, think about all of the training he went through with Bill Ayers and uh, and, and the Weather Underground Group. Uh, and then, of course, with his mother likely having been a CIA agent, her, his, uh, his, his maternal grandfather as well, uh, his uh, likely father who was uh, a, a, a known communist who was also living in, Flo- in Hawaii. <clears throat> and... Uh, 
And Barack Obama uh, clearly is not the man that he says he is. So it would absolutely be a terrible thing if uh, Barack Obama was uh, to gain any sort of power again here in America. But uh, apparently that is the, uh, the, 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 the slant that he's going towards. I mean, we just had the killing of his personal chef. You have to believe that that chef had some sort of information. And uh, all too often, people disappear or they end up dead when they have too much information. Now, if there's going to be a change in the guard in the Democrat Party, either Barack Obama coming back in some respect or Michelle Obama getting uh, uh, the nomination for uh, the Democrats to become president, some people might necessarily have to die. Uh, there's also a story about Obama's lawyer warning him not to ask about uh, Obama's father. This is Garrow, the uh, biographer, was told not to ask about Obama's father. Uh, he describes this as a textbook example of Obama's not normal personality and calls him a creature from another planet when discussing his wife, Michelle Obama, being raised by a close-knit family. Now, also during this discussion with the biographer, the author seemingly comes to the conclusion that Obama is running the country behind the scenes. That sounds very close to the idea that we have right now. Barack Obama is the one behind the scenes pulling the strings. He openly said at the end of his presidency that if he could find a way to uh, run the country and just have somebody else do it and tell them what to do, then he would do that. And I think that's basically what's been done with uh, with Joe Biden. They say he lives in a brick mansion in Calorama. Doesn't it strike you as weird that he's an ex-president, he's comparatively young, and he's living in the center of Washington, D.C.? The original excuse was that Sasha had to finish school. Then you could say, well, the opposition to Trump needs a figure to rally around. But now Sasha has graduated from USC. Trump is gone and Joe Biden was elected president. But Barack Obama still sits in the seat of power in the middle of Washington, D.C. That does seem a bit odd. And he says, I have heard from more than one source that there are regular meetings at Obama's house in Calorama involving top figures in the current White House with Secret Service and cars outside. Now, he says, I don't write about it because it's not my lane. There are over a thousand reporters in Washington, and yet there are zero stakeouts of Obama's mansion. So if only to tell us who is coming and going, but he clearly has his oar in. Barack Obama is the shadow president right now. And uh, I think that uh, that's something that we've all assumed for quite some time. Okay, now, <laughs> you know Malik Obama had to come out and comment on his uh, his brother Barack and his likely gayness. Uh, Malik, you know, of course, pulls no punches. Now, this is not only in regards to the rumors about Obama writing about having these fantasies about having sex with gay men, uh, but Malik is also responding to a tweet that Barack Obama put out. Um, in that tweet... He supports the books that are being banned from children's schools and libraries across the country, books that are overtly pornographic, that are not simply for, uh, you know, the the benefit of literature. We're talking about uh, books that will uh, uh, suggest that children engage in sexual acts uh, or specifically show pictures of kids having sex with each other. It's absolutely abhorrent. So. This is what he had to say on July 17th. He said, today, some of the books that shape my life 
and the lives of so many others are being challenged by people who disagree with certain ideas or perspectives. And librarians are on the front lines fighting every day to make the widest possible range of viewpoints, opinions, and ideas available to everyone. So what books are he, is he talking about? Well, there's this one. I'm sure you guys remember. Uh, it's a, a comic book of sorts which shows two boyhood chums uh, having oral sex with each other and then sleeping in the same bed. Now, Malik Obama responded, this man is definitely gay. (laughs) And then he rephrased it uh, and he said, this guy must be gay. Uh, Pretty funny either way. Now, there's also the question about what books is Barack Obama even referring to? I mean, most of the books that are on the banned books list that uh, have been shoved out of schools and libraries and parrots seem to take issue with are all relatively recent phenomenons. I mean, there's like a book called... uh, gender queer or something like that that's been out uh, for longer than the other ones, but most of them are all fairly new. It's a fairly new phenomenon. So uh, I, I think that the characterization of these books shaping Barack Obama's youth are, uh, that's another fa- fiction at best in the same way that he fictionalized his life with his father and his time as uh, an organizer and dreams of my father. So Barack Obama, again, he's a total spook. The man is not who he says he is. He's never been who he says he is. Uh, we don't know where he was born. We we don't know how he grew up. All we can tell you for certain is that he seems to have always been surrounded by spooks and CIA assets. Now, Mitch McConnell, this is a follow-up on that kind of short circuit he had uh, last week where he stepped up to the podium and he essentially uh, broke down in the middle of his sentence, could not finish his sentence, had seemingly no idea where he was. He had to be led off. Now, I've seen a lot of people suggesting, they've sent me videos and like tweets and stuff like that, which shows uh, Mitch supposedly being tapped on the arm uh, by a woman, and that's the point at which uh, he stops talking. I, I didn't see it that way. That that wasn't uh, how it looked to me. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't know. I, it, not to say that Mitch McConnell may not be under some sort of MK Ultra programming. I, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I just didn't believe. I didn't see it the way that other people were seeing it. So, what's interesting is that the American people, uh, they've seen Mitch McConnell's true face. Uh, He has been proven to be a traitor to America and to America first. And now I think that Mitch's days in Congress are numbered, as they should have been for a very long time. You know, if he isn't forced out of office due to some overt health malady, uh, then I think the people of uh, of the the state that he presides over are going to get rid of him uh, themselves. Uh, Now, while he was speaking over the weekend, uh, he was heckled for the entire duration of his speech. Uh, He was interrupted and heckled for five straight minutes. uh, And this is in his home state of Kentucky. And instead of the audience giving him the opportunity to present his point of view or whatever it is he wanted to talk about, I think it's something to do with uh, farming. Uh, they uh, essentially were just telling him to to get the heck out of there and to leave Washington, D.C., telling him to retire. Let's go ahead and take a listen here.
sorry. This is painful, you guys. <clears throat> you know, th- this is this is not simply a couple of people like the Eric Swalwell video I showed last week of him being heckled. That was a couple of people. This is like the entire audience chanting for him to retire. You can't even hear what he's saying. I, I don't know that. I would have the capability to continue on with my speech if the entire audience was telling me to get the hell off stage. But for some reason, he's able to do it. Maybe it is his MK Ultra programming. Yeah, that was rough, and Mitch McConnell is just not getting the picture. Uh, It's crazy to believe that this man doesn't see the writing on the wall. I I mean, I I think at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, guys, so many of these people end up in these overly long careers because, well, number one, they're wrapped up in so many illegal things. They know that as soon as they leave public life— The opportunity, the possibility of their crimes being uncovered by, say, the next person that comes in or perhaps some overzealous prosecutor or attorney general, that that is very real. And so it's almost as if they need to stay in Congress until the moment they expire. I mean, think about, you know, William Byrd. I mean, that guy, he was the oldest. uh, Then there was Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond, my God. That guy was confined to a wheelchair for the last 20 years uh, of his time in Congress. Mitch McConnell is falling apart before our very eyes. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to place a bet and say that uh, Mitch McConnell is uh, probably not going to make it that much longer for one reason or another, because there's no way there's no way you can convince me that this is normal behavior when he stands at the podium uh, and then just completely drops his chain, his train of thought. So Mitch McConnell, ah, oh shoot, that was his, I did not mean to close that one. Reopen last close tab. There we go. All right. I think this is a pretty big story right here. So this clip came out over the weekend, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes, and I saw a lot of commentary around it. Now, she says a couple of a uh, couple of things that I have uh, been thinking were were taking place behind the scenes uh, for a long time. You know, the idea that Space Force uh, was able to intercept the true votes from the 2020 election that essentially President Trump directed his team behind the scenes to gather all of that intel uh, and then it would be able to be introduced into evidence in his upcoming trial for January 6th in Washington, D.C. She also says something about uh, uh, the uh, the Act of 1871 and and the bankrupt U.S. corporation. Uh, These things I'm I'm not as certain about. You know, I, I think that uh, there are uh, there are ways that this can be interpreted, but more than anything, I appreciated the spirit of what Jan said that there was election fraud in 2020. Now, who is Jan Halper Hayes? Well, 
She was actually a member of the Trump administration. Uh, She currently lives in England, as far as I know. But she says in this video that she actually sits on a DOD uh, panel or something like that. Hold on, just a second. Let's let's go ahead and play the clip and we can kind of break it down as uh, as we go along. But. Anyways, the long and the short of it is President Trump reshared this tweet. Okay, he shared this clip of Jan Halper Hayes, someone who was in his administration, uh, discussing the fact that we have it all, basically. So let's take a listen. Pond, should we? Because Donald Trump has hit back at prosecutors just hours before his court appearance on charges of trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Yes, the former president said the indictment was unprecedented and showed the corruption of the Biden presidency. Well, it's the third time in four months he's been charged, and as we understand it, probably not the last, as he campaigns to regain the presidency. Hold on, I'm going to skip ahead to her interview. There's there we so go. many people bl- putting this down as a political conspiracy <laughs> theory, but actually there are real questions to be answered here. There are? Yeah, of course there are. Of course there are. What he's being accused of, but what part do you think is to answer that the 2020 election is going to be re litigated because of this they've made a huge huge mistake okay so first of all beginning there i agree i agree that prosecutor jack smith and the deep state have made a huge mistake they have allowed their hubris to cloud their judgment or it's one of two things either they are so blind with power and they need to try to take Donald Trump down uh, so that uh, they can get rid of him for good. I, I believe that there are people who want that. Um, but I tend to think that President Trump orchestrated it to happen this way, knowing that their hubris and desire for power would overshadow their logical thinking. Because as his lawyer said the other day, now that this trial is going to take place, it's going to give Donald Trump subpoena power and the ability to relitigate the 2020 election. And Jan has picked up on that and says it on GB News. This one, because... Even though we thought what was going to happen was they were going to go after him for treason or sedition, but they did criminally charge him, but they didn't go to that extreme. As a result, he has due process so he can subpoena people and bring things in. Now, let me say something about this 2020 election is that. Biden is a legitimate president, but he's a legitimate president of what is now the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And that was a treaty in 1871. Well, on September 12th, 2018, Trump created an executive order. Within that, he outlined in future elections any kind of foreign or domestic interference, specifically for the 2020 election. So we say... How did he know some of these things were going to happen? Election integrity on both sides of the aisle is tough. It's really tough. So how did President Trump know that this was going to be such an issue? Well, I think that in the 2020 election, they attempted to steal it from President Trump somehow, either through sheer numbers or perhaps force of will from behind the scenes. He was able to overcome that. 
Hillary Clinton never thought she would lose. The people that were backing her never believed she would lose. That's why she never came out on election night. She got so enraged. She drank too much and she basically uh, was in no shape to come out on stage. And so she left her people high and dry. That was one of the most beautiful moments of the 2020 of the 2016 election. So then 2020 comes around and we understand that the deep state it requires Donald Trump to be removed. They have to beat him, which is how we end up with all of those changes to our election system. That's how we end up with, quote, 81 million votes for Joe Biden. And uh, and and I think President Trump was aware that that's exactly what they would try to do. And so he stacked the deck. He laid these executive orders. He did all of these things in the way that he did so that when it came out, it came out in a way that would be irrefutable. Because if he's able to prove his innocence in these faux January 6th charges, as a result of presenting the evidence that he and his administration were able to capture on election night in 2020, then it's going to be a brand new day and the entirety of the last several years will be called into question. Continuing. But what this has done is it's opened the door for Trump to present his case. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, because the, the, I mean, what we see on this side of the pond is a very difficult situation where the legal system is politicised in the United States, which is abhorrent to it us is. over right. here. So the fact that Trump can subpoena, some people saying it's a mistake by Jack Smith, <clears throat> but actually he can subpoena, we, you know, people can actually see evidence from both right. sides. That's a yes, sensible move. Exactly. And, and it's a great mistake by Jack Smith that he's done that. Absolutely great. See, the thing is, think about um, uh, Edward Snowden and all the information he had. Think about the fact that our military, our Department of Defense Space Force, if you think that they don't have the actual real results from the election, then you're fooling yourself. Yeah, but what... Can you imagine the power of the United States Space Force being subpoenaed to come in and testify for Donald Trump's defense in the upcoming trial in D.C. for January 6th? I mean, the power of that would be immense. The evidence presented by such an official source and a current a current segment of Joe Biden, the usurper, the interloper's own administration, admitting on record to the court under oath that this was the true result of the 2020 election. And of course, it was suppressed. So this is about a 10 minute clip. And if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you see it. Uh, we're not going to watch the whole thing because I've got a lot of other things that I want to talk about. But I found the fact that this was posted and then reposted by Donald Trump to be significant. Let me actually show you what he says. He said, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is fantastic. Everyone has got to watch her interview on election fraud with the poor sap who got taken apart by her. Thank you, Don Jr., for putting this masterpiece out for the public to see. Witch hunt. Now, one more thing before we go on to the next story. You know, the 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 manner in which the fraud and the criminality of the current administration and the deep state as a whole 
in order for that to be revealed, it simply could not be spoken into reality by Donald Trump or anyone from his administration because the mainstream media still controlled the levers of power. The deep state was still in charge of wide swaths of the federal government. And if it came out of Donald Trump's administration, then people would have written it off. And certainly, The people on the left that we need to convince that our country is totally corrupt, they would not have listened. Now they've had a couple of years to ruminate on everything that happened during Donald Trump's term in office and everything that's happened during Joe Biden's term in office. And the contrast could not be more stark because the standard quality of life under Donald Trump's America was vastly, vastly superior to what we see now. Many people are suffering and suffering in fundamental ways. Our country is literally falling apart. And so as the people of this nation are forced to take stock of just how broken our country is, and then at the same time, watch Donald Trump be prosecuted over and over and over again, it is quite clearly political persecution. And the vast majority of this nation see it they see it now. They understand. And and for the truth to be revealed through the efforts of the Biden administration, it proves exactly what we've been saying this entire time. Guys, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. We're going to be right back after this. So a nationwide bank was recently hit by a massive cyber attack that exposed the social security numbers, full names, birth dates, and even more of nearly half a million banking customers. Now, unfortunately, for those that have been affected, the damage could have been minimized or prevented with a quality cybersecurity service like Virtual Shield One. Virtual Shield One includes identity protection, fraud monitoring, social security protection, dark web monitoring, an industry-leading VPN, malware, and ad blocking, online search data removal, and up to $1 million worth of insurance, and so much more. Now, the best part is you can get it all with a 60-day risk-free trial of Virtual Shield One using my special link in the description below. It includes unlimited access to Virtual Shield's identity protection suite and several other free gifts. So simply go to virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78 or just click the link in the description box below. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Thank you very much to Winky Wanky Woo, who says something that we've all been saying for a very long time. Not American. Your country is in serious trouble. I absolutely agree with you, Winky Wanky Woo. And the problems that we're facing now didn't begin with Joe Biden. Uh, They were exacerbated by Joe Biden and they were uh, inflamed by Joe Biden. They're also being revealed uh, perhaps, uh, you know, on purpose, perhaps inadvertently as a result of the actions of Joe Biden. So although our country is facing a massive crisis at this moment, I think that this is a crisis that will lead us through the crucible and out the other side so that we can rebuild our nation in a way that serves the men and women of this country, that serves the citizens of this country, not the illegals that are crossing over the border, not the criminals, which are being set free, but take a look at any society on planet Earth engaging in the same types of behavior that our leaders are, and you will see a society that is crumbling. Think about what happened when they released all the terrorists from Bagram Air Base. Remember that? <clears throat> well, geez, you know, who would have guessed they would have went out and done terrorism? 
blowing people up, uh, uh, setting fires, raping women, doing all the things that they could possibly want to do. Can I say, uh, can I say what real fast? <laughs> winky, winky, woo. Winky, winky, woo. Uh, anyways, thank you very much, winky, winky, woo. And I appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I see somebody asking about my opinion of the Into the Light movie. Uh, I saw, so I, I went to the, uh, the premiere of Into the Light over the weekend. I was invited by the creator of the film, Mike Smith. I want to say thank you very much to Mike for having me. Thank you to his team for inviting me. Uh, and, uh, I was able to get my picture taken with him. There were some people there that I knew that I had met before. There were also some people that I had never met before that I, I really had a great time speaking with. And like I said, in the introduction, you, you will see them here on the channel in the coming weeks. Uh, uh Boone Cutler is going to be here. We're going to be talking about fifth, uh, 5G warfare. We're going to be talking about the second volume of that that's coming out. Uh, I also met a, a Navy SEAL. Awesome dude who is doing research at the VA with psychedelics, with uh, mushrooms and and other psychotropic medications to help rid people of their PTSD and uh, and the trauma that they experienced as a result of going to war and seeing some horrific things. And, And these are tools that can then be used to unlock the same benefits for people, even if they haven't gone to war. I mean, basically, right now, if you grow up in an inner city, say a little kid in Chicago, you're growing up in a war zone. You're more likely to die in inner city Chicago, then you might be on the front lines in some places around the world. Fredo says, uh, I'd like to know what country isn't in serious trouble. This is a global thing, not uniquely American. No, you're absolutely right. For me personally, you know, when I think about it, I always think about it in terms of uh, America because I'm thinking about America first. But this truly is something that we've been tracking and watching take place all around the world for years and years and years. I think perhaps what Winky Wanky Woo was pointing to uh, is the very real, clear and present danger that is posed by Joe Biden because he is so inept at his job uh, at, uh, you know, and of course, they are ushering in so many frightening changes to our country to uh, essentially disintegrate it uh, before our very eyes. That truly is happening all around the world. But anyways, <clears throat> I enjoyed Into the Light. Uh, I think uh, it, it, as a follow up to Out of the Shadows, it was a great film. I think that if you're somebody who's been in like the truth movement and you've been like, you know, super red pilled, you've been just like swallowing base pills all day, uh, then it's going to be stuff that uh, that, you know, I mean, really, to me, it was a great uh, a, a great exercise for people who are just starting to come into this world so that they can really begin to unlock. It's like, you know, some, everybody gets that first red pill moment. And and that starts to force you to think about other things in your life, other questions that you might have. Uh, this is a movie that for those people that that are just suddenly coming into this world and they need a framework of where to go, because the truth is you can't trust anybody or anything even when you look at the truth movement, there are people who are just spouting bullshit all around the world. <clears throat> Leaf Chief says, uh, right on Fredo, I'm in Canada and we have it bad and we don't have a Trump. Yes, absolutely. And Winky Winky Boo follows that up with Joe Biden is 20th generation senator. Every year he gets elected. You have a parasite in Biden. They failed to inject with Hillary Clinton. Yes, you're absolutely correct. 
Yeah, the Western world, guys. It's the Western world. But it's not only that. I mean, like, there is uh, horrific stuff happening all around the world. I got some stuff coming up uh, in another continent that we'll be talking about in just a moment. But anyways, I thought the movie was great. I think that it deserves to be supported. Mike gave away Out of the Shadows for free. Uh, and, of course, it wasn't monetized because YouTube wouldn't allow him to do it. So he made no money on Out of the Shadows. Uh, if you can support him and pay five bucks to get this film and then share it with your family, I, I suggest that you do that. He paid for it all out of his pocket. And his career in Hollywood as a stuntman is done because he came out and decided to speak out on these subjects. So uh, I think Mike did a great thing. And um, I think that there really is a, an important place for this piece of work uh, in the annals of history. It, it will help people to kind of uh, conceptualize exactly what they're feeling, what they're seeing, and uh, the things uh, that they've been told over the years. It's deep. The conspiracy is deep. You cannot get past it. <clears throat> All right. So, Let's talk about Judge Eileen Cannon. Uh, she has tr given us a couple of responses to Jack Smith. Uh, and for the special counsel's office, this truly is a legal blow because the efforts that Jack Smith was attempting to undertake would allow him to continue to operate in secret. Now, Obviously, since Eileen Cannon has dropped a couple of rulings that are in favor of President Trump, the left is going crazy. They want to get rid of her. Not Never mind you that Barack Obama's uh, appointee in Washington, D.C., uh, a judge who also donated to him and Joe Biden when they were in office. Never mind that she has been uh, horrific for January 6th uh, defendants and then also just conservatives in general. We'll, we'll talk about her next. But. Down here in the Southern District of Florida, Eileen Cannon is our gal. <clears throat> so these two blows that she gave to Jack Smith uh, are in regards to these classified documents that uh, the government is attempting to pin on Donald Trump. Uh, as uh, previously stated, Cannon, who was appointed uh, to oversee this classified document case, ha has drawn the ire of liberals everywhere, mostly because she's a Trump appointee. I've seen reporting from the left suggesting that she doesn't have the experience to run a case like this. And there's no shortage of examples of uh, defamatory statements coming out of the left uh, against Judge Eileen Cannon. So Politico, obviously a very left-wing organization, they characterized the decisions by Eileen Cannon uh, as uh, saying that she came out swinging, striking two of the prosecutor's sealed filings and demanding an explanation of the legal propriety of using an out-of-district grand jury proceeding to continue to investigate this document's case. So in her filing, she was responding to uh, the special counsel Jack Smith's request for a hearing on potential conflict of interest regarding Trump's defendant, Walt Nauta's lawyer, Stanley Woodward. Now, we also have reporting from Julie Kelly. She's one of the few mainstream-ish journalists who are accurately covering the happenings there. Uh, most everybody else uh, simply is frothing at the mouth at the possibility of Donald Trump being put in prison for any length of time. So she says this, I told you Judge Cannon is legit. She is not going to tolerate Jack Smith's bullshit. This is gold. She asks, well, hold on. Let me go to this tweet here so that I can read the whole thing. Uh, she 
Yeah, I, okay. So she asked defense to raise possible grand jury abuse by DOJ for conducting nearly all of the investigation in D.C. and then switching to Florida at the last minute for the indictment. It's a, a a fairly big ask. She's essentially telling the defense, Donald Trump's team, that they should file a report of abuse by the DOJ because it was pretty underhanded what they did. They investigated Donald Trump up in D.C. and then they switched it down to Florida because they knew that a Florida grand jury was never going to indict Donald Trump. Uh, Cannon won't tolerate the DOJ's nonstop requests for secrecy. She has already denied a government motion to keep the names of 80 plus witnesses sealed. Obviously, in America, we have a right to face our accusers. There is no reason that Donald Trump should be treated any differently than any other defendant all across America. But we all know that he is and he will be. She says that the uh, state, the prosecution fails to satisfy the burden of establishing a sufficient factual or legal basis to warrant sealing the motion and supplement. Now, she also uh, is in regards to the request for a Garcia hearing. This is an attempt to get Stanley Woodward, not his attorney, bounced from the case. Remember, Stanley Woodward is the one who was essentially uh, tried to be bribed by the DOJ. They told him that if he wanted to be a judge, he should probably just get Walt Nauta to take a plea deal. Uh, Smith's lawyer, Jay Brett, is accused of threatening Woodward over judgeship application if he didn't get Nauta to cooperate. So some pretty excellent stuff happening in this case. Now, Julie Kelly continues, moronic reporters and legal analysts now spinning that Judge Cannon disclosed D.C. grand jury still at work in Mar-a-Lago case when it was Jack Smith who did so in a motion filed last week. So the left is trying to spin this narrative that Judge Eileen Cannon is somehow acting inappropriately by revealing the secret machinations of Jack Smith's be, uh, behind the scenes actions. However, as Julie stated, uh, it was Jack Smith in a filing last week who discussed the fact that there was this ongoing secret grand jury still taking place. They are still working as diligently as possible to get President Trump with some charges that will stick. And you better believe that they are going to continue until they get what they want. John Cryer. What did John Cryer say? He is obviously a liberal. You might remember him. What he was in um he was in like Superman uh, two or Superman three or something like that. And he was on that show with Charlie Sheen, who was an alleged child abuser. Anyways, John Cryer, I don't know why he's uh piping in other than the fact that he's a liberal. Our disgraced former president appointed Judge Cannon as he was allegedly conspiring to attempt a coup. Allegedly? Just because somebody claims it to be so, John Cryer, doesn't mean that it was. Judge Cannon must recuse. So what about the judge in D.C.? Must she recuse? Because she's clearly already shown that she is uh, a, a lot more lenient on people from the left. Uh, continuing on, Sloan Ashton, no idea who she is. Judge Cannon has just disclosed the existence of a confidential grand jury proceeding that the DOJ has filed under seal. She must recuse herself and be replaced. The 11th Circuit cannot let this incompetent person continue to rule on this case. She belongs on a park bench. 
clearly this woman is just parroting something that she saw on another left-wing website or a left-wing program because that's not what happened. John Cooper also says Eileen Cannon is either a shameless political hack or a painfully ignorant, incompetent ignoramus. Either way, she should be forced to recuse herself from Trump's criminal case. They're going to keep seeking to have her booted off because they know that she is not going to simply allow President Trump to get railroaded because she believes in the rule of law. So uh, in another instance from Judge Cannon calling out the special prosecutor, she demanded that Jack Smith explain that legal propriety of using an out-of-district grand jury proceeding to continue to investigate President Trump and his associates. This is the point that people are trying to pin on her as uh, having revealed, even though, again, it was Jack Smith a week ago. Among other topics, as raised in the motion, the response shall address the legal propriety of using an out-of-district grand jury proceeding to continue to investigate and or to seek post-indictment hearings matters pertinent in the instant indicated matter in this district. Uh, And uh, as you can see here, uh, Walt Nauta had filed that Garcia hearing. Uh, he they, they need that to happen on or before August 17th. And in that uh, uh, that hearing, they're going to be discussing the uh, inappropriate behavior of the DOJ and their attempts to push Donald Trump and Walt Nauta into uh, some sort of uh, plea deal or to get them uh, to be convicted. Now, Uh, It seems like Judge Cannon has uh, continued to put Jack Smith in check in a number of things. Uh, She also denied his motion to keep a list of 84 potential witnesses under seal. uh, And she said that he failed to explain why it would be necessary to keep those witnesses secret. Uh, Obviously, the special prosecutor doesn't want President Trump to know who is uh, going to be acting as a witness against him, because if that's the case, then maybe he'll have some time to prepare. Uh, and obviously, if he's able to prepare, then he's going to mount a defense that is worthy of uh, his station and uh, his person. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the judge, Tanya Chutkin. Uh, who has a history of outrageously partisan verdicts. Uh, We can take a look at a number of them here. Um, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, and Jack Smith's case against President Trump has really begun to be fleshed out in the last several weeks. Uh, The assigning of that D.C. January 6th case to an Obama-appointed judge should be of surprise to no one because she is going to go as hard as she possibly can against President Trump. Uh, This judge, uh, who has been assigned to President Trump's uh, case here, uh, has poured thousands of dollars into Barack Obama's campaign coffers. Now, uh, of course, we on the right might suggest that she be recused uh, as a matter of fact because she is known to be a supporter of Barack Obama, who is the ultimate uh, and the antithesis, I, I guess I should say, of Donald Trump. The <clears throat> Left, of course, is going to pretend like this judge, Tanya Chutkin, uh, Chutkin, can be impartial and her contributions of roughly $4,300 to Barack Obama's campaign, uh, again, while Joe Biden was the vice president, uh, won't have any bearing on her ability to uh, to make a ruling. Now, uh, those rulings, <clears throat> those 
contributions were made while she was working at Boys, Schiller and Flexner. Uh, This is a pretty big law firm across the United States. Uh, She also in 2008 gave $250 to Senator Kristen Gillibrand's campaign, a Democrat of New York. And the Federal Election Commission database uh, doesn't have her backing any federal candidates after September 2012. So her record, what has she uh, what has she ruled on in the past? Well, she's the one who actually sent Maria Butina to prison uh, for that uh, ridiculous 18-month prison sentence. She pled guilty to conspiring to act as a foreign agent, which, you know, is not that far from uh, Hunter Biden's crime of failing to register as a foreign agent. But she admitted she was part of a Russian effort to influence U.S. politics. Um, But uh, this is actually what happened. For four years, she was accused of being a covert agent pursuing a brazen effort to infiltrate conservative circles and influence powerful Republicans while she was secretly in contact with Russian intelligence operatives, uh, a senior Russian official and a billionaire oligarch close to the Kremlin whom she called her funder. Uh, But it was all a lie and a setup. You see, Judge Chutkin told the DOJ to provide Brady material to the defense in the case. But the DOJ said that there was nothing for them to provide. Now, Butina's attorney specifically mentioned Patrick Byrne as being connected to the DOJ. And yet this information was never provided to the defense team. Patrick Byrne, who was working for the feds uh, while uh, this whole thing was going on, was the one who was acquainting himself, so to speak, with Maria Butina. Now, Judge Chutkin didn't care that the government was lying about the lack of Brady evidence. She was also fine with Maria Butina being placed in solitary confinement. Uh, Patrick Byrne actually came out and shared that he didn't think Butina was a spy of any sort, but that didn't matter to the court. And Butina was sentenced to 18 months in prison because the sentencing of Maria Butina with her close proximity to conservative icons and political figures was a convenient narrative for the left to use to argue that Donald Donald Trump had close associations with Russia or Russian intelligence. Now, you might remember the Pakistani spy ring that infiltrated the House Democrats, uh, probably one of the biggest scandals in the Democrat uh, Congress of of all time. Um, However, this security breach went completely unpunished because obviously it was the Democrats that were using these Pakistani spies. This was the Awan brothers and U.S. Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who also was leading the DNC at this time, ended up employing these Pakistani IT staffers uh, and his brothers. Now, we don't actually know how many of them there are because it seems that the Awan brothers uh, at least made up a couple of fake employees so that they could bill the United States government for their hours and then have that money paid to themselves. They were paid over $4 million during the course of their employment. And they were accused of uh, committing cybersecurity breaches at the same time. He had ultimate access. He, he, he could have logged in as Debbie Wasserman Schultz and siphoned off as much information as he wanted. Now, uh, there was a plea deal for the Awan brothers for Imran, Imran Awan. He pled guilty to making a false statement on a loan and credit application. Nothing to do with his spying in Congress. Because, of course, that would make the Democrats look bad. So the feds shut everything else related to this IT scandal down. He was never charged with anything. And at a hearing in August of 2018, Chutkin, who, of course, is an Obama-appointed judge, gave Debbie Wasserman Schultz personal IT guy, Imran Awan, 
no jail time because she said he had already suffered enough. He served three months of supervised release. The poor man, uh, his poor ankle having that monitor on it. Now, Chris Gowan was the attorney for Imran Awan. He's also a former aide to Hillary Clinton. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, and of course, he has been a, a big time trasher of President Trump and a lot of other Republicans. And uh, Chuckin has also been the one who has sentenced a number of Trump supporters from these January 6 cases, people who just walked inside the Capitol building or stood outside the Capitol, punished them uh, with some egregious sentences. Uh, so giving these men more than what the DOJ had actually asked for, which is just something that is not normally done. Uh, she was appointed back in 2014 by Barack Obama. Uh, and uh, among legal experts, her presence has been deemed a major blow to Trump and a boon to the deep state and the DOJ, mostly because of her handling of January 6th cases. Uh, just a disgusting thing. Uh, and I, I know that she's going to be as unfair as she possibly can. I, I'm really hoping that President Trump's uh, lawyers are going to ask for a change of venue. I hope that uh, he is uh, allowed to to actually do that because uh, I think it's the only chance that he's going to get a fair trial. Now, at the end of the day, if it turns out that this Obama-appointed judge is forced uh, to acquit Donald Trump of these charges based upon the evidence that's brought into this case, uh, I think that that will have a very powerful statement, uh, and that is certainly a possibility that uh, could take place. Uh, if we're going on the assumption that President Trump had wanted this to turn out this way, uh, then perhaps he wants this to take place in a D.C. court so that he can prove that they are as corrupt and criminal as he's always said they are. Now, in Georgia, looks like the Fulton County D.A. Fannie Willis is uh, eyeing up some racketeering charges for President Trump allegedly this week. Uh, does that mean that we're going to have some more bad news coming out about Joe and Hunter Biden? Uh, because all of these indictments seem to track right along with that. They would certainly know if there's going to be more bad news coming out. <clears throat> Now, this investigation by Fannie Willis into the 2020 election in Georgia uh, has the media going into overdrive, and it's likely going to lead to the fourth indictment against President Trump. Uh, now, we have this leaked CCTV footage. Do you remember this? Uh, cyber experts entering the Coffee County Elections Office uh, as if it was some clandestine spy operation. They walked through the front door of a public building. And uh, they've been very public about the investigation, but Jeff Lenberg was one of the experts sneaking into the public building in Coffee County, uh, and he sat down with this uh, uh, Gateway Pundit journalist to discuss exactly what he saw. Um, there were emails and text messages that have been obtained by the Gateway Pundit that show that at least one of the individuals that's been targeted by Fannie Willis had been raising concerns to Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and Gabriel Sterling specifically. So that means that Georgia state officials had advance notice about the problems with the tabulators and the electronic voting equipment. Now, Gabe Sterling was, of course, being paid $114,000 as an employee of the Georgia, uh, the state of Georgia. Uh, and uh, that was before he took a private contract in November 2019 through January of 2021 for uh, $200,000 a year. Now, according to his LinkedIn, 
He resumed his official state job in January 2021. Uh, they claimed that this was to avoid uh, benefit payouts or something to that effect. But basically, it would also make Sterling immune to any Open Records Act requests and public oversight as a state official. Isn't that convenient? They allowed him to become a private contractor just for the length of time that it would be necessary to steal the election. And of course, they were told ahead of time about how dangerous those machines were and how likely it would be that they could be manipulated and the votes could be sabotaged and injected. And and wouldn't you know, that's exactly what happened. There were so many issues with the elections in Georgia uh, ever since the implementation of Dominion voting machines in 2019. Uh, There there was also the last-minute update that was authorized by Judge Amy Totenberg prior to the 2020 election. Now, there were thousands of previously unknown ballots that were mysteriously revealed during the hand counts after that initial machine count in November of 2020 in a number of Georgia counties. So to try and resolve this, we would need access to the ballot images. And uh, that was actually granted by the court. However, Fannie Willis uh, of Fulton County and dozens of other counties deleted a vast majority of the first machine count ballot images accidentally. Well, isn't that convenient? It means that we can't actually test them. We can't compare them against each other. All we have are the new ballot images with thousands of additional ballots that just showed up. Uh, For many counties, the only ballot images that exist for the 2020 general election were those produced during the machine recount that ended after the revealing hand count and audit. In one county... Issues began with the 2020 primaries and emails show that they had sought guidance from the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, and it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. Raffensperger didn't care about the possible uh, issues that were about to take place in the election. Remember, it's uh, it's not a bug, it's a feature. They knew exactly what was happening and they did it on purpose. Now, uh, if you were to sit down with Fannie Willis uh, and uh, and and try to put together a case, I really can't determine how a racketeering case is supposed to be built Um, based upon the behavior of Gabriel Sterling and Brad Raffensperger. uh, I think a racketeering case could be built in those areas. I mean, clearly, there was an organized criminal effort to steal the election, to subvert the will of the people, to inject ballots into the system, uh, to delete election material that was supposed to be held onto by both state and federal law. Uh, It just gets worse and worse uh, the more you look at it. Uh, And of course, this is not going to be a real case. Uh, I think that there may be a real possibility here uh, that by bringing charges against Donald Trump in Georgia, he's going to be forced to do the same thing there in regards to uh, the same thing he's going to have to do in D.C. In D.C., he's going to prove the illegitimacy of the 2020 election. Perhaps in Georgia, he's able to come in and prove the illegitimacy of that specific election as well. All right, and we are about to wrap up here in a few minutes. But before we do, I'd like everyone to take a brief moment, take off your hat, and say a prayer for the campaign of Ron DeSantis. His 2024 presidential campaign died in real time this weekend when he said in an interview that Joe Biden was the legitimate winner of the 2020 election by securing 81 million votes. Now, what's really interesting is that just recently, Ron DeSantis, one of his number one donors, uh, basically the guy who's been bankrolling his campaign, 
came out and said that if DeSantis didn't go more to the middle, then he was going to pull his money out and that would be it. Well, now he may be pulling his money out anyways, because by going to the middle, by claiming that Donald Trump lost the election, uh, by denying the people of this nation who will be voting in the next presidential election, uh, and by lying to us about the state of the 2020 election, His bid for presidency is over as far as I'm concerned. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this clip here. So you recently said the election is what it is. You said all those theories that were put out did not prove to be true. So can we just put this to bed so you don't have to be asked about this a million more times Yes or no, did Donald Trump lose the 2020 election? Whoever puts their hand on the Bible on January 20th every four years uh, is the winner. And, and I don't think the election, and I've pointed out in that same quote, and I've said this from the very beginning, uh, when they changed the rules for COVID, I think that was wrong. I think some of those changes were unconstitutional. When they do mass mail ballots, I think that's wrong. I think ballot harvesting is wrong. I think the Zuckerbucks were wrong. I think the fact that the FBI was working with Facebook and these other uh, tech companies to censor the Hunter Biden story uh, was wrong. And so I don't. Except everything that you're going to say after pointing out the issues and the reasons why the election was illegitimate, it completely overshadows and undoes any possible goodwill you might have with the American people. Ron, who is giving you your advice? Who is telling you what you should be saying? I mean, this is the last thing that the people of this nation want to hear. Joe Biden might be sitting in Washington, D.C., but that doesn't mean that we have to accept that he won 81 million votes. That does not compute. That doesn't make sense. Let's finish. It was the perfect election. I remember after a lot of the media was saying this is the most secure election in history. How could it be the most secure with those millions of mail ballots going out? On the same time, at the time after the election, they were talking about Maduro um, stealing votes on the voting machines or whatever. And none of those theories proved to be true. But here's the issue that I think is important for Republican voters to think about. Okay, Winky, you, you, you said some smack about my mom. You know, that's it, dude. Uh, you're go ahead and uh, you're going to be banned for this live stream. So uh, there you go. Already muted. There we go. Okay. Why did we have all those mail votes? Because of Trump turned the government over to Fauci. They embraced lockdowns. They did the CARES Act, which funded mail-in ballots across the country. Donald Trump signed that bill that funded the mail ballots that all the Republicans have been so concerned about. Uh, And also with the censorship of the Hunter Biden, that was Donald Trump's FBI. None of these things can be attributed to Donald Trump. If you believe that, then it's an overly simplistic view of the world and you don't know how government works. Yes, the president signs off on the laws. I mean, that's how they're made into law. But these bills are so large and quite often these uh, earmarks are placed in there and people don't even realize what the hell's in there until it's far too late. 
I think that if anything, this underscores a major problem that we have in the United States legislative system. Our laws have become overly complicated so that they can't be checked, so that people can't pay attention to what's actually happening. In the same way that our election system has been so overly complicated in such a way that we can't truly track what the hell's going on. Is working with that. He didn't have control over his own government. So me as the nominee, we will not let them run circles around us. If there is ballot in Florida, we ban ballot harvesting, right? I think that's what you should do. If there is ballot harvesting that's allowed in like Nevada, we are going to do it too. We're not going to fight with one hand tied behind our backs. And so uh, I think all of those issues were very problematic. But at the end, at the end of the day, you know, Donald Trump helped facilitate that whole set of circumstances. No, he didn't run. Respectfully, you did not clearly answer that question. And if you can't give a yes or no because on whether or not Trump lost, then how well, can of course, you? No, of, of course he lost. Uh, Trump lost the 2020 of, election. Of course. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden's the. You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? Are you sure about that run? You sure about that run? You sure about that run? President. But the issue is, I think what what people in the media and elsewhere, they want to act like somehow this was just like the perfect election. So I don't think uh, it was it was a good run election. But I also think Republicans didn't fight back. You've got to fight back when that is happening. And you shouldn't have provided all the money to fund the mail in ballots. Uh, That that may be. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. That may be the case, but that's something that we must take up with our Congress, because they're the ones who made it possible for our election system to be illegally changed. Now, Representative Byron Donalds, I've said before that he is a likely front runner for vice presidential pick, mostly because uh, he is a rising star in the Republican Party. Uh, He is uh, intelligent. He's got a great record. Uh, He seems to have a firm grasp on the issues and He's loyal to President Trump, unlike Ron DeSantis, who really stuck his foot in his mouth on a number of occasions. Uh, Byron Donalds uh, feels the exact same way that I do. All of these attempts to prosecute Donald Trump, uh, these the, the prosecutors uh, in, the, in the offices that are behind them, they know that Donald Trump has not committed any legal offenses. He hasn't done anything wrong. The only thing that he did Uh, was uh, work against the deep state and the military and COVID uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex. So they're hoping that by forcing him into courtrooms all across this country, he is going to essentially take all of the money that he would otherwise spend campaigning and be forced to spend it on legal fees. They are trying to bleed Donald Trump dry. Byron Donalds uh, visited Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Morning Futures, and he says the DOJ is corrupt in my view. Yes, they are obstructing justice, especially when you look at how they're handling all these dealings with Hunter Biden. But to a broader perspective, what the Department of Justice is really doing is they want to bleed Donald Trump dry. They want him to use up so many campaign resources that these terrible phony indictments that it's going to be hard for him to mount a challenge to the presidency. For the American people, understand what this means. This means that the Democrat Party and Joe Biden are using the power of government to basically turn the screws on their political opponent. That's exactly what they're doing. That is un-American. That is not what our country should be doing. So 
for all the accusations against Donald Trump through the years, Joe Biden is doing the same thing they were telling the American people they were afraid of Donald Trump doing. It's the exact same thing that the current regime is accusing Vladimir Putin of doing in Russia. Remember all that talk about Alexander Navalny? They made a freaking documentary about him on like HBO or Showtime or something like that uh, about Vladimir Putin prosecuting his political rivals. Uh, Well, that's exactly what's happening right now. And it's not lost on the American people. A new poll shows that most of Americans believe that these Donald Trump indictments are not real indictments. They are efforts to stonewall his campaign. Now, This includes three in 10 Democrats. That's quite a number. Think about the trio of indictments that President Trump has faced. All of them are timed to coincide with bad news that's come out, evidence of criminality in the Biden regime and the Biden family. All of it is an attempt to stop him from being a candidate in the 2024 presidential campaign. Now, this poll was released on Sunday. And it asked respondents about how they perceive the indictments and and investigations against Donald Trump. When asked if they feel it's an attempt to stop Trump's 2024 campaign, 59% of respondents said yes, while 41% said no. Uh, Now, a deeper look shows that 31% of Democrats and 63% of independents believe the indictments and investigations against Trump are an effort to hinder his campaign. And 86% of Republicans feel the exact same way. So I take you back to what I said last week about the possibility of a third-party candidate completely derailing Joe Biden's or the Democrats' attempts to remain in power. You've got 30% of the Democrats that vote, okay, who see exactly what's going on in Washington, D.C., Maybe they're going to be so disgusted that they refuse to vote for Joe Biden in this election. And then you've got the 63 percent of independents. Uh, you know, who are they going to vote for, the third party candidate or are they going to vote for Donald Trump? Because they recognize that he's the, the best hope among the very, very thin American political scene uh, to uh, to help us take America to the point that we need to, to bring it back to uh, to fix this nation in, in a way that uh, has simply just been unable to happen so far. Now, majorities of the respondents also believe that the investigations are upholding the rule of law, 57%. I find that difficult to believe. Uh, Also, 52% believe that they are defending democracy. This is not a democracy. It's a republic. Conversely, 43% do not think the investigations and indictments are maintaining the rule of law. And 48% do not believe they defend democracy. And that includes three in four Republicans So 75 percent of Republicans believe that these indictments are bad for America uh, as a whole. Look at that. This is being reported by CBS News. It's coming out from YouGov. Now, I know every time I talk about a poll, people get pissed off in the chat. But what's important is when you see the numbers and who they're being reported from, You, you have to recognize who's being sampled for these polls here. Uh, And because it's a CBS News poll, you know that it's going to be overrepresented for Democrats and people who probably are already predisposed to not like Donald Trump. So when you see a number like 59% saying that the federal government's trying to stop Donald Trump from running as president, well, you know that it actually is probably even more than that. Now, 
The results also show that 38% of Americans are more concerned that the charges are politically motivated, while 38% are more worried he allegedly attempted to overturn the election. We are essentially sitting neck and neck right now. And uh, as we move closer to these trials and more evidence continuing to come out, I think that 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 uh, that ratio is going to increase. It's going to grow uh, in, in the uh, in, in the way that people are going to see that these charges are politically motivated. We also have another 24 percent that are equally concerned that Trump allegedly tried to overturn the results and that politics are driving the indictment. So this is obviously something that's going to have to be uh, uh, discussed in court. President Trump never attempted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. He simply attempted to show the true results of the 2020 election. Now, as it's obvious to the American people that Joe Biden is attempting to derail President Trump uh, politically, it's quite obvious that Joe Biden himself is also falling apart before our very eyes. Take a look at this. Uh, This is Joe Biden congratulating the Houston Astros, and then he just kind of loses his train of thought in the same way that Mitch McConnell did. He gets lost. He doesn't know where to go. Hey, guys, where am I? Where am I supposed to go? Wandering around. He salutes? They're baseball players. He can't even remember to salute actual Marines, but he salutes the Houston Astros. Good God, Joe Biden. Now, uh, as uh, as well, I think it's important to mention here that Joe Biden has currently the lowest approval ratings of any U.S. president since Jimmy Carter. Remember, Jimmy Carter was a one-termer, but of course he got 81 million votes, and you can just ask Ron DeSantis about that. Now, Uh, The approval rating for Joe Biden is the lowest of any president going back in history uh, all the way to Jimmy Carter. Backdoor Biden said, I give five dollars to Zach because he earns it, not because he requires it. Zach is the best. Thank you so much, Backdoor Biden. I really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you to anybody who has supported the show. And uh, I hopefully I didn't miss anything. Uh, And I just want to check my phone. I don't see anything right there. Okay, All right. So. Uh, this was on MSNBC. Uh, <laughs> Biden has a 39% approval rating. Uh, Jimmy Carter in 1979 had a 29% approval rating. Neither of those ratings indicate that uh, somebody is going to win in the next election. Now, this was a poll from Yahoo News, and uh, that means that Joe Biden is the second most unpopular president in the history of our nation. Now, Further underscoring that is this latest political ad coming out of a pro-Trump political action committee. Uh, I want to show this to you because, uh, again, I think that this underscores the fact that we are being governed by a criminal conspiracy as we speak. Okay. Hey, Joe. How come your Justice Department goes after Trump endlessly, yet they cover for your family? Hunter's laptop? Yeah, that was censored. But we know that laptop's real. And it's not just filled with photos of Hunter's drug-fueled debauchery, either. Nah, it showed Hunter pocketed millions from foreign partners, cash from Ukrainian and Chinese interests accused of bribery and fraud. And remember when you claimed your family never made money from China? 
Well, Hunter admitted in court he took their cash. His Chinese business partner was tied to the Communist Party. How did Hunter's partners get meetings at the White House? Your brother, grandkids, even nieces and nephews got paid from foreign deals. Your family and their cronies raked in over 17 million from these schemes. And you, Joe, went from being one of the poorest in Congress to a millionaire in the White House. Come on, Joe. All this a coincidence or corruption? Make America Great Again, Inc. is responsible. Absolutely. It's corruption. There's no other way that you can characterize it. Joe Biden is a long-term, lifelong Washington, D.C. criminal insider. He is a part of the American oligarchy, and he and his family have used this nation as their personal piggy bank. They have traded power and influence and policy for money time and time again. It's disgusting, and I can't wait until we can say goodbye to him for good. Uh, so let me just say here over on uh, the uh, foxhole at pill.net, filter dog one says always bringing the best. Thank you so much, my buddy, Doug Simey. Thank you for that can Sean Joe. Thanks for the cookie filter dog. One says, why are you gay? <laughs> yes, I actually had that clip all lined up and I didn't get a chance to edit it. So I'll have that in my bank of uh, videos to play here probably tomorrow. Uh, and then filter dog one also says most people from Chicago are aware that Barry liked the bathhouses. Yeah. They're aware that uh, Barry also uh, had a couple of gay choir boys killed, uh, I'm certain, too. Sean Joe, thank you for that cookie. And another cookie, Rise Attire says, Dr. Halper Hayes was on Trump's transition team, too, by the way. Oh, okay, excellent. Uh, I, I couldn't find anything about what DOD panel she's currently sitting on. I, but if anybody has any information about that, please let me know. Uh, H2O Maven. Good to see you, Maven. Thank you for the can. Filter Dog One. Thanks for the cookie. Rise Attire says it wasn't just Trump who reposted it. General Flynn reposted too. Awesome. I did not see that. Porpoiseful. Thank you for the cookie. Thank you to Filter Dog One and Donna Bo Libby. Thank you also to Sean and Filter Dog. 17 is coming for you. Dropped a fleet. Thank you so much. Another great show, Red Pill. Keep kicking ass, Zach. Thank you so much. I will. I really, really appreciate that. Take that to heart. Uh, Filter Dog One says, I like the tack, uh, I like the tack to Cywar. I can share with normies. There you go. I like it too. Filter Dog One, thanks for the can. Porpoiseful, thanks for the cookie. Uh, thank you to Elizabeth G for the cookie. Who cares? Says 07. RPGF and Zach, didn't a federal judge rule that Trump's actions were covered by presidential act? I think that there was a decision related to his um, conduct in regards to E. Jean Carroll. Uh, but then they overturned that with Biden's DOJ. So I think that's what we're referring to. Uh, Elizabeth G., thank you for another cookie. PQuest, thank you as well. H2O Maven says, remember the pick. Biden's twice as big as Carter's, twice as bad. And that is an excellent, excellent point. That was one of the weirdest pictures that uh, I've ever seen. It made the Carters look so tiny in comparison. But if you think about it in that way, it makes total sense. Anandoc777 says, I had a business loan when Carter was prez, and it was variable rate. It was painful. Oh, gosh, yes. Variable rate loans, those are the worst. Those are predatory as all get out. Dale Bursier, thank you very much for dropping those shades. And then Tam for Trump over on Rumble says, thank you for all you do bringing us facts. I sincerely appreciate you all. Thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you for hanging out tonight. Uh, <laughs> Captain Brad Fry says, Zach, start your own shirt company. Uh, somebody had approached me about doing that like months ago, and then I lost the email. Maybe I'll go see if I can find it again. 
Uh, but or if you're watching and you're that person, please reach out to me again. I, I still would like to have those conversations. But either way, tonight at 1030, uh, I'm going to be uh, completing my Illuminati series with uh, John on baseless conspiracies. We're going to be talking specifically about the 13 families of the Illuminati bloodline. So join us for that. Uh, and uh, you can also just hang out with us and tell us what you'd like us to talk about in the future. So either I see you tonight on Badlands at 1030 for Baseless Conspiracies, or I see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. for another episode of Red Pill News. Until that time, good luck. God bless. I'm going to pass out the gold pills now. Wait, thank you to Dale Bursier for the shades and C. Jamie 61 says Jan Helper Hayes clip needs to be played. I did play it earlier in the show. 